0: Who's ready for the word tonight? Who's ready for the word of God? Anybody excited for the word of God tonight? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, are you taking notes? Baby girl. Hey, I have a friend in the room tonight. Uh, I met him at a local conference called Lead Local at Grace City Church. and, And it's my friend Gabe. Uh, come on, Gonzalez, can you stand up, take a bow, say what up, make some notes for the homie, he's a youth pastor, we love you so much, Gabe, thanks for joining us tonight. He's a youth pastor here, and uh, he, he's, by, he's by UCF area, correct? East Orlando, he's out there turning up, um, so we're glad to have some friends in the room tonight. You guys ready for the word? This is how you know I'm ready to preach, I got a water and a Starbucks coffee, it's about to be crazy. Whenever a Pentecostal preacher has a Starbucks on platform, get ready to go nuts. I was just kidding. I wanted to see if you guys like, like humor in your sermons. I guess not. Last week, we preached on purity. Uh, we're in a series called Hot Topics. So typically, uh, a, a couple preachers and uh, are youth pastors. On Wednesday nights, middle school, high school ministry, my brother leads that. Um, here in Kissimmee, Pastor Dennis leads middle school, high school in Poinciana. So uh, me and the youth pastors, we get together. And we actually plan out the sermon series we're going to plan out and preach and we pray about it. And it's awesome. But this series specifically is called Hot Topics. We've actually went on social media on our Instagram. You see it on the top right corner of the screen at newbird.ya. We actually put posted questions. What do you guys want us to teach on? What do you guys want us to preach on? Last week, one of you in here asked for us to talk on purity. Who enjoyed last week's sermon on Purity. A quick recap, 20 seconds. Purity is actually acknowledging that we all have something in us. It's a gift from God called thirst. And, and, and I think that a lot of us probably don't have a purity problem. We have a thirst problem. We don't acknowledge our thirst. We don't highlight the fact that we're thirsty people. And our culture being thirsty is actually bad. When God's actually given us the gift of thirst. And it's not to take our thirst and give it to the world and give it to sin, but it's actually to to get our thirst and give it to him, the one who can only quench our thirst. And that starts the conversation in purity. Tonight, somebody wrote in to our chat, and tonight we're going to be teaching on the hot topic for tonight is worship. We're going to be talking about worship. Come on, we we just came out of a worship night, so we're a little turned up. That's why we, you know, worship. Woo! All right. Hey, uh, so this is a sermon you wanted us to preach on, all right? So don't say this wasn't for me, because you asked for it, okay? And for the next few weeks, again, y'all, anything y'all want us to teach on, we're going to tackle. For the, probably, we're probably going to go three or four more weeks after this, just talking about hot topics. And I, I, I love saying this. If this whole section writes in our, in the chat, you know, DMs us, I want you to preach on aliens next week. Then we'll preach on aliens, all right? Whatever you ask for, we will teach and preach on, and I'll do my best. Um, I'll do my best to get it off. I've done a lot of reading and, you know, teaching on purity. That was kind of hard for me um, to try to have purity translated in the way we can understand. You guys remember the example with the cups, right? You guys remember? We had a bunch of cups that were empty, and then Jesus says to the woman at the well, I'm the water that can actually quench your thirst. And we talked about that last week. For tonight, I don't have that many analogies or or, or, or uh, examples. I have a few uh, because I, I think... There's, a, there's an idea that worship is only singing a song. There's, there's this an idea in church and around that, that worship to God is only when the piano's going on and the drums are slamming in the room. Um, you got up, bro. I was about to square up. I was like, what's going on, dog? We ain't can see me tonight. Hello. That's my dog. <laughs> ready for? Hey y'all, uh, you know I was born in the Bronx. You know what I'm saying? I went to Cypress Creek. You know what I'm saying? I went to Bipers Creek. You know so we ready for whatever. Um, don't be confused by my church shoes. You know what I'm saying? It, we, it will go down. We lay hands here. All right. Um, we're gonna talk about worship. We're gonna talk about worship. I, I wanted to start off in the verses Romans chapter twelve verse one. Um. It's an incredible portion of Scripture. This is the Apostle Paul. So go ahead at the top of your notes. Anybody taking notes tonight? I love taking notes. You don't take notes for Tuesday nights. You take notes for Friday nights when your friends are inviting you to club to go turn up. You get reminded of what God told you. There's a fly. You get reminded of what God told you on Tuesday night. Who is is challenging you to be. Um, Get out of here. I'm so ADD. Um. You guys ready for the word? Write down write down worship at the top of your notes. There's no fancy title. We're teaching on worship. I want to read Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Incredible scripture. Can we keep this, this up as long as possible until we go to the next moment? Romans chapter 12, verse 1. From now to Sunday, I love coming to Sundays. If you are in here and you're like, man, um, amen, Sundays turn up. <laughs> if you come here and... And your your family don't come to church. Invite them to Sundays, y'all. We got a we got an eleven thirty here in this room. Eleven thirty and a one pm. I love the one pm because you could just go to KK's, you know what I'm saying? Eat up, grub up, and then make it right at right in church at you know twelve fifty nine. You know what I'm saying? And pull up. Let's read this together. Romans chapter twelve verse one. This is the apostle Paul. We're, we're, in, we're in the 12th chapter, right? So Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Uh, this is the Apostle Paul put into ministry by Jesus himself. Uh, Paul, uh, earlier in Scripture, we know in his life, his name used to be Saul. He used to murder Christians. That was his day job. He would imprison them. He meets Jesus. His life radically turns around. And now he is serving the church and starting churches. And he's writing letters. So if anybody in here, uh, if you feel like you're a bad person, I'm going to let you know God still has a plan for bad people. All right? Welcome to the bad person club. All right? <laughs> oh, but God can't use Stop making excuses. God literally used a killer to, for his glory. So this is the Apostle Paul writing to the Roman church. That's why this is called the Book of Romans. From chapters 1 through 11, he's giving theology. He's teaching them the way to think. Theology, uh, Theo uh, uh, is, is God, and, and theology is the study of. So, the study of God and, and what he expects from us and who he is. That's what he's doing for 11 chapters. But then at chapter 12, he moves from theology to actual practical living. He moves from a way of thinking, and in chapter 12, he starts to direct the Roman church in a way to actually do. And here we are, and uh, in, in, I'm going to hurry up, I promise. Uh, Romans chapter 12, it says, therefore I urge you. So there's a little bit right now, a little bit of urgency from Paul. He's, he's given you the right, the right way of thinking. Now he's trying to help you in the right way of doing and the right way of being. And, and I love that. Why? Be, because... A lot of us are trying to be a person without thinking about being that person. What am I trying to say? That the person you're trying to become has everything to do with the person that you are now, how you're thinking. What are you thinking about? What's on your mind? I cannot become something I haven't seen. I cannot walk in a way I haven't thought of first. You guys remember a couple weeks ago, we had a chart of, of habits were at the bottom and character was at the bottom. But at the beginning of that line was what? Your thoughts. And everything begins in the mind. So, 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 so Paul is now talking about living, and he has a sense of urgency. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. We're going to break this down to nuts and bolts tonight. Is that, is that okay, YA? Is it, that's two people. Is that okay? We, can we do that tonight? To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So we're talking about worship, and I want to go to the portion of scripture that talks about true and proper worship. Can I give you the definition of worship? I've kind of studied some theologians in the last week and studied some definitions uh, from great thinkers, and I've come up with this. This is my definition for this context of young adults of what worship is. Can we put it up? Worship, to exalt With your mind, what does exalt mean? To lift up. Y'all seen Lion King, right, Simba? That's exalting, to lift up. To exalt with your mind, your heart, your soul, and your strength. To exalt, that's worship. To exalt with your mind, to lift up something with your mind, with your heart, with your soul, and your strength. To uplift something or someone with your essence and your attention to uplift something or someone with your essence and with your attention. Before I talk about what worship is, I want to mention what worship isn't. Next idea. Worship isn't only shown by song. It's shown by what you are lifting up. Can I say that again for the people in the back? three hundred 360 set up. Everyone's in the back. What are you saying, Pastor? Worship isn't only shown by song. Worship is shown by by what you are lifting up. So I've seen a lot of Christians worship God on Tuesdays and worship themselves Wednesday through Sunday. I've seen people worship their beauty. I've seen people in the gym worship their body. I'm not there yet, all right? Kevin, you got to help me out, bro. Let's go to the gym. I need your help. I'm not worshipful right now. But I've seen people worship their bodies. I've seen people worship who they see in the mirror. I've seen people worship money, to again, again, to uplift something with our mind, so heart strength, with our essence and our attention. I've seen people worship money. I've seen people worship art. I've seen people worship artists. I've seen people worship objects. I've seen people worship jobs. I've seen people worship possessions. My Birkin bag. I, I've seen people worship their spouse. I've seen people worship their children. Some parents fail God by giving their children more attention than their God. I, I, I've seen people worship anything. And, 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 and uh, uh, young adults, we love to figure out what is sin, right? So, what's sin? What's sin? Sin is when you got something, you just start worshiping it. Can I watch that? Yeah, you can watch that. Just don't worship it. Can I have that? Yeah, you can have that. Just don't worship it. Don't worship it. I want to give this next idea. I want to teach a little bit. We are beings of worship. Did you know that? You are a being, a human being, designed for worship. Think about the thing that gets you excited. That's not God for a second. Think about the thing that gets you turned up for a second. That's not God. Notice, everybody has a thing, don't they? We are beings of worship. We are beings of worship. Listen, atheists are worshipers because we are beings of worship. People who don't believe in God still exalt something and put something at the center of their heart and in the middle of their throne. Can I give you advice? Next idea, never worship anything you can see. It's a trick. Never worship anything you can see. We don't worship objects. We don't worship idols. We don't worship art. We don't worship our profiles. We worship a God that we cannot see. He's bigger than vision. He's bigger than tangible things. He he is much greater than the creation that we are living in. You guys know, so scientists, they, they, they started looking at the, the, the formation of the universe. And they found, right, that at some point in time, this is why the Big Bang Theory is so huge, because they actually were able to look at the creation. There was something in the beginning that actually started everything and pushed everything into motion. So b- b- before there was space time and matter there was nothing that pushed this into motion space time and matter at some point was blown into motion so space time and matter didn't exist and was once put into motion and what scientists have said they come up with yeah it was probably a big bang that set things into motion I come against that how can nothing literally give birth to everything easy answer there's a God outside of space, time, and matter that set all these things into motion. Never worship anything you can see because that's not who your God is. You cannot see him. You, you cannot visually see him. You see, all world experienced God in the flesh, and that's Jesus, and he died 2,020 years ago. He had holes in his hands, and ever since he died, he split our history books in half, B.C.A.D. He changed the human history. But guess what? After he died, he resurrected. After he resurrected, he ascended to the Father, Matthew chapter 28, and he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. So in our reality, we can't see God. That means he's so worthy of our worship. Because he was there before even space, time, and matter even came into fruition. He put it into motion. Somebody's hitting their neighbor. What are we talking about science for? I thought this was a church. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourselves, your bodies, as a living sacrifice. Here's a question, young adult, you're probably asking this. Why would I give God my body? Why would I offer God everything that is within me? How can I even become a person of worship? Paul is so clear. It's in view of God's mercy that we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. It's only in the view of God's mercy. Can I break that down a little bit? Kevin, can I have your glasses for a moment? You look, you look great. You look so cute tonight, boy. Love you too, bro. But I'm going to have to be cute for you for a second. It's in view of God's mercy. So I, I want to look at these glasses. Uh, let's call these the mercy glasses. Can we do that? Paul is saying it's in view of God's mercy that you offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. So in other words, you'll never really understand what offering looks like until you have the vision of God's mercy. So, so I see tithing, and I'm like, I don't know about tithing, but when I see in God's mercy, wow, he gave me everything I have, everything I owe to him, man. I gotta start giving something to God. When, it's, when Jesus says serve serve the serve the local church, be a part of the local church, like I don't know, my schedule is a little crazy, my job, you know, my my my, my 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 boss is a little loco until you put the glasses of mercy on. Oh, Jesus gave his life for me. Jesus died for me. God, if you died for me, I'm going to live for you. I'm going to offer my body as a living sacrifice. Friends, do you know how hard it is to serve God in view of God's wrath? Some of us grew up in church so afraid of God because we were afraid of hell. We weren't looking through the view of God's mercy. We were looking through the view of God's wrath. Oh, I got to go to church. I got to go to church. I got to go to church. And we end up projecting an image that's not even actually who we are. And we end up looking holy, sounding holy, tweeting holy, posting holy. Or posting and then the caption's holy. Just, y'all laughing. Just so we can be enough so we can get to heaven. Some of us are only serving God in view of, God, oh, in view of his wrath. Some of us are only serving God to not go to hell. Some of us are only giving our lives and offering our bodies in view of so many other things. But Paul makes it clear. It's in view of God's mercy. Compassion from God. He gave me my life. He gave me grace. He died for me. He deserves everything I am. It's in view of his mercy. Thank you so much, Kevin, for these glasses. On your way home tonight when you're driving, I want you to put on some spiritual glasses. As you debate if you should come to this church again, I want you to put on some spiritual glasses. As you debate if this is actually something worth dying for. Because Paul says to offer your body as a living sacrifice. Isn't that a little bit of an oxymoron? Because we know sacrificing meaning death. No, no, no. He's not calling you to die as a sacrifice but to live as a sacrifice what am I trying to say young adult serving Jesus is going to cost you something can I keep it 100% in the room serving Jesus is going to cost you something Your schedule, your time, your money, your relationships, your path. Submit it to God, not out of manipulation, not out of fear of going to hell, not out of afraid of God's wrath, but in view of God's mercy. Offer yourself as a living sacrifice. He's he's urging us. You you feel the sense of urgency in view of God's mercy. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's a little earlier in Romans. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. He demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why should I offer myself? Well, because even in my sin, he loved me and died for me. Why should I offer myself, pastor? Why should I give myself to Jesus? Because listen, while you were still in the mud playing with pigs, Jesus saw you as a king with a robe on and died for you and loved you. Even when you gave up on him, even when you went back to that addiction, even when you went back to that toxic relationship, even when you left the church, even when you gave up on God, he never gave up on you. And he demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were sinning, that while we walked away, that while we even forgot about him, he never forgot about us. We should offer ourselves up. I thought we were talking about worship. This is true and proper worship. I thought we were talking about worship night. I'm not talking about worship night. I'm talking about a worship life. To say, God, I offer myself to you. When you die and you see God face to face, you'll understand how important this message is. (laughs) To not wait to die, but to be so impacted by God that you can't wait to live for him. And I don't know about you. My wife is right there. Hey, Diana, how you doing, boo-boo? It's my boo thing. She's hot. In 30 years, she's still going to be hot. In 40 years, she's still going to be my little baddie. She's going be my little boo thing. But imagine she told me, imagine she told me, you know what, bro? Listen, I know you're the one. We're going to get married soon. But instead of giving you probably the most fruitful years of my life, I- I'll never be as energetic as I am right now. I'll never be as aware of my environment as I am right now. I'll never, uh, my hair, you know, in 40 years, it'll probably start getting gray. Uh, I'll probably start wrinkling up a little bit. I'm like, girl, me too. Hello, what you mean? And man, she goes, but but you're the one. I'm just gonna commit to you later on, when I've when I've given the best years of my life to myself. How about we do that? How about I give the best years of my life to just me? But you're the one. So in 40 years, we are gonna link up again, and then we get married. Some of us are telling that to God. Telling God, listen, ah, I'm too young. I can't get saved this early. I got women to meet. I got men to experience. I have exploration to still consider. I've got sin to dabble with. I got drugs I still haven't done yet, God. I got drinks I still haven't tried yet, Lord. I can't give you my youth. Listen, God will save you in 50 years, but he wants your 20s. There's a verse in the Bible that says, give God your youth. Yo, when we die, we're going to be like Thor. (laughs) This dude's almost like 200 years old in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. When you die you know you're not gonna get old anymore? You know that. Y'all know that. There's no such thing as an elders community in heaven. We are just gonna be prime me, right? Hopefully with a 20 pack, right? Ah, oh, oh. hopefully I'm a little taller in the afterlife, hello. So so why would we go all of our lives trying to, like, isn't it funny? This little time on earth we spend? we talked about it last week, a couple weeks ago, right? How you don't even know your great-great-grandparents' names and jobs, like, and that's your blood? How fast is life gonna go by? Your blood will forget you, your kids, kids, kids won't know who you are. So this little time on earth determines our eternity. Why would we hold out on God now? Why would we do that? Like the trade is foolish in the in the in the in the aspect of eternity. It's a joke. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, I'm I'm here preaching tonight with the same urgency as Paul did to the Roman church. I'm here bringing the same Holy Spirit that convicted the Romans. I'm bringing it to the people in 1143 Parnell Street in Kissimmee, Florida. Bringing that same urgency. I urge you, new birth young adults, in view of God's mercy, to offer yourself, your bodies. As a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. I-, I want you to say this with your words on the count of three. When I say three, I want you to say it. Because listen, a lot of times you got to say something to become something. Sometimes you got to start talking about it to be free from it. The book of James, chapter five, says, Confess your sins and you're healed. Healing comes from God, he- healing also comes through confession. Sometimes when you start speaking things, something actually starts happening in your life. So on the counter, I want you to say this with your words. I want you to say my body belongs to God when I say three. And I want you to believe it. And I want you to say it. And I want you to own it. And I want you to back it up. Because, baby girl, my 20s belongs to the Lord. Hello, my 30s belongs to the Lord. My 40s belongs to the Lord. When I'm old and gray, I hope the person on my deathbed, the nurse and the doctor, are not saved. So my little 80-year-old son will be like, do you know about Jesus? Because my whole life I'm giving to God. I'm telling you, I'm going to heaven with a sense of urgency. So at the count of three, we're going to say, this. my body belongs to God. y'all Shout it out. One, two, three. My body belongs to God. My next idea is this. You can worship God with singing as well as your sexuality. Save your sex for marriage, young know, adult. There hasn't been one thing I've seen take people out to church quicker than sex. Sexual sin just wipe you out. I woke somebody up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sexual sin <laughs> Wipe it, it, you out. And it'll make you feel like you're a victim. And it make you feel like the best church you've ever been to is out to try to get you. That's a lie from the enemy. Restrain from sex outside of marriage. Restrain from it. Because you're not just worshiping when you're singing. You're worshiping when you give God your sexuality. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Put the whole verse up. He says... Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, right? Put the whole verse up. Holy and pleasing to God. Holy, holy means this. Put the definition. Holy means dedicated to God, sacred. Dedicated to God, sacred. That's, that's holy. We also know this. Holiness is being set apart. I'm, I'm, I'm setting myself aside for this. Worship team, come up, We're about to turn up. Holiness is, is dedication to God, to be sacred, to say, God, I'm going to be separated from sin. I, I love this. Uh, Priscilla, Pastor Priscilla says this. It blew me away. Some of us, holiness, you know what it looks like? It looks like giving up your planned schedule to sin. Some of us plan to sin, we schedule it to sin, we make an appointment with sin, we have a night dedicated to sin, we have an Instagram Instagram account dedicated to sin, we got a whole application dedicated to sin, we got money going to sin, we got have a lifestyle going to sin, we got friends just to sin, listen friends, holiness and separation is being dedicated to God and saying I am not planning to sin, I'm planning to seek after the face of the Lord, I'm not planning to fail, I'm planning to seek God even when I'm alone, even when no one's looking because I don't want to be a Christian in here do you know how easy it is to be a Christian in church but man when you start seeking God in your home in your life you're not just worshiping God with your voice you're worshiping God with your life you know Paul we're reading his his book to the Romans before Paul was Paul Paul was Saul as I mentioned earlier and, and, and Saul was, his name was Saul of Tarsus. That's a scary person in the, in the New Testament. Because here's the thing. When Jesus dies and goes to heaven, he resurrects, right? He ascends to the Father. Christians begin to spread the gospel like a wildfire, right? Jesus, Matthew chapter 28, he says, hey, go and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go. So you have people, I want to talk about a martyr. A martyr is not murder. I'm not saying you're weird. Martyr is not murder. It's, it's the word martyr. It's someone who dies for what they believe. So, so after Jesus' death and resurrection, the, the early apostles and evangelists began to go out and preach the gospel. And, and if you didn't know this, this is actually what rips down the Roman Empire, one of the greatest empires in human history. It was Christians going around, loving on people, doing groups in the home, worshiping Jesus, preaching on Jesus. The Bible talks about the first martyr ever, the first person recorded in human history to die for the cause of Jesus. Listen, this is, his name is Stephen. His name is Stephen. He's the first person to die for what he believed. And he didn't just die for what he believed. He died believing in Jesus. And Stephen started a movement of people that were not afraid to die for what they believed. Millions of people will follow Stephen. I've heard stories of missionaries that go to countries that they would line up a family, the dad, the mom, the three kids, they'll surround them with AK-47s and say, denounce Christ or we kill you. The dad would take the family, he'd take them in a circle real quick, he said, baby girls, we're about to meet Jesus. I'll see you in a few minutes. What families and people are doing right now all over the world... Dying for the sake of Christ, you see, we don't know this. We don't know this. We're in America, y'all. Yo. Like you do what you want. Like when you go to court, you put your hand on the Bible. That don't happen in Saudi Arabia. We don't know this. We we. I said I go to church. I don't know. Should I sin. I don't know. That's not what goes on in the majority of the world. It's like church underground. My dad went to China once in a missionary trip and they can't do communion. They can't meet in churches and do Holy Communion. So they're at the dinner table all talking regular and the pastor's distributing the elements and the waiter has no idea and the officials have no idea and they're like laughing around saying, and this is the body I broke for you and this is the cup that we drink and resemblance and do this in remembrance of me and they're laughing and they're kidding because if anybody gets any idea of what's going on, they'll be arrested. We don't know this. We got a good. Some of y'all might never come to church again, and you're fine with that. But there's people around the world that are dying to get a Bible. And we have it in our app, Then we don't look at it. It's this cute app. It's taking space. I might delete it. And you have Stephen, the first person to ever die for his faith. The Bible says that Paul, see, Paul wasn't always Paul. He was Saul of Tarsus. Saul actually organized the first martyr the guy we just read and received from, therefore I urge you, that dude organized the first killing of Stephen. He was a Christian killer. That's what he did. He served under the Roman Empire, and his one job was end this whole Christian thing, shut it down. So, so you have Stephen preaching in the streets. They say that's illegal. They all pick up stones. And they say, Stephen, we're going to begin to stone you unless you denounce your faith. And Paul's somewhere there laughing, saying End this dude's life already. The Bible says stone begins to come after stone, and it begins to pierce the skin of Stephen. Worship team, let's do it. It begins to, to, to hurt his body. And, and the Bible says that Stephen on the floor before he dies. Listen, this didn't end with a resurrection. This didn't end with healing. This story ends with death. The Bible says Stephen looks up before he dies. And he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Why is that so incredible? Why are we ending the sermon like this? Because listen, every time in Scripture we read Jesus, he's always seated at the right hand of the Father. Every time you look at Scripture, it says Jesus is, is on the right hand of the Father, but he's seated. But in this moment, the Bible says that Stephen saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And Stephen is dying for a God that he cannot see. I can imagine what's going through Stephen's mind. The pain I'm experiencing right now does not compare to the pleasure I will experience in eternity with God. The beating I am going through right now does not even compare... The few minutes of death will not have any comparison to an eternity in heaven. Can you think about eternity real quick? It's hard. It's like forever, ever, ever, ever. Thank you, Kanye. Ever, ever. Forever, ever. Never stops. Never stops. Forever, ever. I'm not putting a gun at your head tonight. I'm not telling you to die for this. I'm saying, friends, let's live for God. Let's offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Come on, man. Let's, let's offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Let's say, God, you have my life. You have my relationships. You have my money. You have my job. You have my will. You have my goals. You have my dreams. I know you're not a God that hates me. I know you're a God that loves me. and you, You're a God that has a plan for my life. Because if Jesus died for me, I'll live for him.